0: Hi, this is Elia Fishman, and welcome to our latest talk, and this is going to be on uh, adrenal chromocytomas, what you need to know. And adrenal chromocytomas are very interesting tumors. We do seem to be seeing more of them these days, but it's one of those lesions which can be very confusing. We're going to talk about the classic CT appearance of adrenal pheochromocytomas, which is a lesion that enhances between 130 and 220 Hounsfield units on scans at 60 seconds post-injection. We're also going to speak about the range of appearances. We're going to look at many of the facts about theochromocytoma, what you need to know, and what can help you in your differential diagnosis. Now, when you think about the adrenal, and we've spoken about this in my dedicated specific adrenal talks, Incidental adrenal nodules are quite common, occurring about 6% of the population in the large autopsy series and about 4% of all abdominal CT scans. It's typically something we see more common in older patients. And again, the question is, what do you do with these nodules? There have been several articles that made the point that the vast majority of incidental adrenal lesions are going to be benign. Of course, the challenge is determining which incidental-detected nodules can be left alone and which require further workup. Remember now, people speak about the fact that most pheochromocytomas, or more than half, are detected incidentally. We talk about adrenal cortical carcinoma that 15% of the time is an incidental finding. Obviously, clinical presentation is important, but again the imaging features become very important to us when an incidental adrenal mass is discovered at imaging three important items to determine are a history of malignancy presence of prior abdominal imaging and symptoms of a hyperfunctioning mass as this will guide subsequent management first if the patient has a history of malignancy then an incidental mass has a higher chance of being metastasis but it's still only one in three Second, if prior scans are available, and if a lesion has not changed in over a year, it's likely benign. And, of course, if patients have signs of hyperfunction, whether it's Cushing's, which suggests primary adrenal cortical carcinoma, whether it's hypertension, which suggests Pheo, again, further biochemical investigation will be done. But those three factors in this article by Glazer and Mayo-Smith are very important. In this article, I also make the point that adrenal protocol CT is the modality of choice for evaluating adrenal lesions, as it can characterize a nodule using both density measurements and contrast washout. An adrenal lesion on non-contrast scans, if under 10 Hounsfield units, then no further imaging is necessary. If over 10, then you look at the washout value, looking at the patient at about 70 seconds, somewhere between 60 and 70 seconds, and then 15 minutes post-injection to calculate washout. Now, we do know there's certain tricks, and one of the tricks of valves, pheochromocytomas, which will wash out greater than 60%, and based on washout alone, can simulate adrenal adenoma. But of course, the key is the pheos enhance far over 120, and adenomas never reach 120 in terms of enhancement. We talk about threshold numbers, a threshold of 10 Hounsfield units on non-contrast scans will really allow you with a 98% specificity, say it's a benign lipid-rich adenoma. However, we know that there are lipid-poor adenomas, and those are the ones with the absolute washout of 60% work very nicely. Masses that have absolute washout of under 60% or relative under 40% remain indeterminate. So again, we do have a strategy when looking at adrenal lesions that all of you are aware of. Chemical shift MR has also been shown to be valuable. Uh, Sensitivity, 67%, high specificity. However, subgroup analysis shows that chemical shift MR is inferior to CT at diagnosing adenomas when a nodule measures over 20 Hounsfield units on unenhanced scan. And for this reason, adrenal protocol CT, as well as other reasons, is really the study of choice. In addition to imaging tests, which are useful in determining if a mass is benign or malignant, biochemical screening can also be valuable. Now, one of the challenges, if you look at the ACR recommendations, it tends to be a little bit more non-aggressive. But the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists and the American Association of Endocrine Surgeons recommend, in many cases, biochemical screening of most, if not all, patients with an incidental adrenal lesion. To us, to radiologists, we tend to simply do the washout values and usually call it a day. In some of the articles from the AACE or the AAES, they'll say, oh, perhaps this is a chance to pick up a functioning lesion. We recognize that most lesions are not functioning, so you're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of time pursuing lesions that you don't need to really pursue. Now, there's some pitfalls, and when we speak about pheochromocytoma, the key thing is, because pheos are often very vascular, they can have a sharp washout value of 60 to 70%, and so be confused uh, with an adenoma, at least in theory. But the key thing is, adenomas don't reach 120 Hounsfield units, And typically, pheos are much higher. So typically, it's not going to be an issue. But of course, you can do um, different lab values. And if you suspect a pheo, that's what indeed will be done. Both benign and malignant adrenal lesions can show uptake at FDG PET. Although most benign conditions that mimic adrenal malignancy are typically bilateral, like hyperplasia, and infection like TB, it's possible for adenomas to demonstrate mild fdg avidity, so it can be a little bit tricky at times. This article by Liang makes the point that pheos are often considered the gray mimicker of other adrenal tumors. Because of their varied clinical imaging and pathologic appearances, accurate diagnosis can be challenging. And that indeed is true, but you'll see in this talk we've spent a lot of effort thinking about this and figuring out ways of doing it. Now, when you look at bilateral adrenal lesions, tumors and infection can be bilateral. Adenomas can be bilateral. Percentage-wise, the number of thing that is bilateral is pheochromocytomas at about forty percent. Remember, in total, about ten percent of pheos are bilateral. So they're bilateral in 40% of the cases of bilateral adrenal lesions. Now, let's look at some of the facts of pheochromocytoma. Peak incidence age 40 to 50. As I mentioned, multiple 10% of the time. Remember, pheos, we talk about the rule of 10. 10% are extra adrenal. And about 90% of them are near the organ of Zerker candle. About 10% of pheos are malignant. 10% are bilateral. 10 percent are extra adrenal these tumors secrete catecholamines which can result in hypertension and elevated plasma catecholamine levels and 24-hour urine vma and metanephrine levels are elevated in the majority of cases so one of the things of course we can look at when we think about pheochromocytoma is all of these different lab values Now, when you look at pheochromocytoma, the majority of cases, better than 90%, are sporadic and about 10% are part of syndromes. Von Hippel-Lindau, MEN type 2, neurofibromatosis type 1, and pheochromocytoma paraganglioma syndromes. So there are a number of things. The ones we think about most are probably Von Hippel-Lindau and MEN type 2. In a seven-year period at a single institution, Uh, 70% of new cases of surgically proven Pheos were detected by serendipity. And that was very interesting because, you know, we used to think that Pheos were something that patients presented with hypertension, which is indeed true, but the majority, 70%, are picked up incidentally. And that is kind of interesting. About 5% of adrenal incidentalomas are Pheos, And although initial reports found that 11% of FIOs were found incidentally, with increasing use of CT, the numbers are now higher. So the one article said 70%, this article said 58%. But you can see in that 60 to 70% range is where you're going to be. When you talk about FIOs, this article by Kim spoke about FIOs are typically round or oval, range in size from 1 to 10 centimeters, CT imaging shows avid enhancement and washout. However, the tumors can have variable appearance because they can be degeneration, hemorrhage, necrosis, fibrosis, or cystic changes. And this is why they've, uh, Pheos have become the term imaging chameleons because they can mimic adenomas and carcinomas, metastasis, And they can be very challenging. And I think in this talk, we're going to show you a lot of cases. Again, I'm going to try to teach you when you could be really good about diagnosing pheo, when you could suggest it, and when you're going to have problems. I should mention that about 10% of the time, pheos will have calcification. Coarse calcification can be seen in primary adrenal cortical carcinomas, punctate calcifications in myelolipomas. Again, pheos are typically vascular on the arterial and venous phase imaging. Pheos can have a prominent washout value of 50 to 70%, so you need to be very careful. And in terms of figuring out if a pheo is malignant or not, if it's really diffusely irregular and infiltrating, perhaps you can be more suggestive of malignancy, but typically to call it malignant, you need to see metastasis. We also will mention, at least in passing, but it's not going to be part of this talk, is that you can have extra adrenal paragangliomas, which are extra adrenal pheos, typically homogeneous or heterogeneous, hyperenhancing masses ranging from 1 to over 20 centimeters, common locations from carotid body to jugular foramen, AP window, posterior metastinum, in the abdomen, particularly near the organ of Zuckerkandl, and in the pelvis, including within the bladder. Now when I speak about mimics of adrenal cortical carcinoma we do put pheo up there. Although adrenal cortical carcinoma is a large often aggressive pheos can look very similar. So you can see a number of lesions mets lymphoma can simulate adrenal cortical carcinoma but pheos can as well. And again when you look at size many of the smaller pheos are part of syndromes pheos can be larger and again When you look at masses over 4CM, which is where you start worrying about malignancy, Pheos is in that category as well. In this article by uh, Ariza, to characterize large adrenal tumors and to identify features associated with imaging, they looked at a number of features. The prevalence of malignancy in patients with adrenal tumors of 4CM or more was 31%. Older age, male sex non-incidental mode of discovery larger tumor size and higher unenhanced ct attenuation were associated with a higher risk of malignancy they made the point that we suggest that clinical context hormonal assessment and image phenotype can together determine the need for adrenalectomy in patients with tumors over 4CM. Patients with large adrenal tumors should be managed by an expert multidisciplinary team, including endocrinologists, radiologists, and adrenal surgeons. And in fact, that's what we do at Hopkins, and we see many of the time the recommendations the patients had before they came to us indeed are going to be wrong. Now, in this article, they also made the point of 4,085 patients with adrenal tumors 17% were over 4CM. Of these, they also made the point adrenal cortical adenomas, pheochromocytomas, and other benign adrenal tumors, but also carcinomas and malignancy were part of the spectrum of lesions. So pheo fits into this group as well. Compared to with benign tumors, malignant tumors were less frequently diagnosed incidentally. And again, remember we said that primary adrenal cortical carcinoma, only 15% is incidental, 85% have symptoms, but remember with FEOs, 60 to 70% are going to be incidental. So you really need to think about it, and we're going to go into more detail as we get through this talk. Again, just to remind uh, some of the factors, older age, male sex, non-incidental mode of discovery larger size, and higher unenhanced CT attenuation were good predictors of malignancy. But again, the larger tumor size, um, you know, of course it sounds worse. Most things under 4CM are adenomas, but they don't need to be. Could be Pheos, could be METs, right? Similarly, over uh, 4CM could be adenomas, could be hemorrhage, but again, could be Pheo, could be primary tumor. Now, when you look at some of the functionality, we think of pheos as hyper, um, patients having hypertension, but they also, patients with bilateral adrenal lesions can have adrenal insufficiency, and that's true with pheochromocytomas. So it's one of the five things, cancer, pheo, TB, amyloid, and lymphoma that can have adrenal insufficiency. In this article by Carwin, they also spoke about growth, Now, we haven't seen many articles about pheochromocytomas and growth because you often don't have sequential images. This article made the point that tumors that grew less than 3 millimeters a year were likely going to be benign, and all malignant lesions grew at a rate of over 5 cm, I mean 5 millimeters per year. I don't have a good set of numbers how pheos actually grow. That article makes the point that if lesions stay the same or grow slowly, they're likely to be benign. I know I've seen a few cases of pheos where they haven't grown much over time. But again, uh, that alone is not a very good factor. In conclusion, one third of radiologic proven adrenal adenomas in our respective single institution study grew over time, but less than three millimeters a year whereas malignancies grew over five millimeters a year. So again, that may be a helpful thing. Remember we said, look at prior scans, see if the lesion is there before, see if it's changed. And now you could look at the rate of change as being an important predictor. So let's go with this first case and then we'll do as we'll take a break and we'll start getting into more cases. This case I'm showing you because I want to make the point, you have an incidental right adrenal lesion. It looks like a sonometer. In my mind, it's gonna be an adenoma, but you know it's soft tissue density and it measured 50. So you can't call it an adenoma. So now you need to give contrast. When you give contrast, you can see the lesion enhances to about 164 Hounsfield units. Now you would say, wow, could this wash out and be an adenoma? So we'll look at that lesion. Remember, it's only one limb. It's small, and it washes out to 78. So if you looked at those numbers, you would say it washes out more than 60%. It's an adenoma. But when you remember that I said a moment ago it measured over 160 on the early phase imaging, that means it's a pheochromocytoma. Adenomas do not enhance above 120. They're typically in the 70 to 90 Housefield unit range rarely over 110, but surely not over 120. And this article we spoke about for indeterminate adrenal masses identified a dual-phase CT, higher enhancement during the arterial phase, greater than 110 should make you think of pheo. And I agree with that, but we've seen, and some articles have made the point about pheos being up to 120. So 120 and over is a good bet you're dealing with a pheochromocytoma. And again, remember, these are often incidental findings. Now, I have a number of other cases I want to share with you, but I think we should maybe, let's take a break for a few minutes, digest many of the important facts I've given and shared with you, and then we'll come back and we'll look at a number of cases. See you in a few minutes.